All righty, friends, uh, automotive enthusiasts, car people from all around planet Earth. It is time once again for another... Another Elon episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. Oh, Elon. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good one. That's a uh, fancy word. It sure is, yes. Well, I'm uh, your host, Kevin Oste, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark. And uh, Elon is like a... Uh, it is an adjective sometimes used on mm-hmm. cars. Wasn't there a... Th- was there a Thunderbird Elon or a, a Mustang Elon? Oh. There very well may have been. There was an elite, uh-huh. like a Torino elite, I think. Right. There was an Elan of some, uh, maybe a, Lo- a Lotus Elan for sure. Oh, yes. There we go. I found it. Mm-hmm. What the heck does Elan mean? It means uh, energy and enthusiasm. Oh, well, right on. So it really doesn't apply to this show, but it's a good sounding word anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Talk about overselling adjectives on, on vehicles. I mean, uh, I remember a friend of mine growing up had a 1978 Plymouth Grand Fury Salon. Mm. <laughs> now that is saying something. Yeah. Grand Fury Salon. Yeah. So this is a four-door POS, <laughs> you know, basically Rascal P. Coltrane's cop car, but not a right. cop car version. It was mm-hmm. burgundy with a vinyl top and cloth interior, but it was the salon version. So Ooh, it was comfortable so nice. being parked in international events alongside Ferraris. Oh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's priceless. Yeah. You know what else is priceless is that uh, we offer a, uh, a little sporting competition on this show in the form of an automotive trivia question i I don't know if i would call it a competition (laughs) i wouldn't call it priceless either but i just did (laughs) Uh, so each episode we uh we we tantalize and titillate our listeners uh plural this time hopefully with uh a little uh trivia question we throw the question out in the front half of the show and then wrap up the big finale at the end with much Elan. Oh, it's worth it, too. <laughs> and reveal the answers. Uh, and it's been so long, we, we do need to have a quick apology before we get into the uh, trivia question. It, our, our, we, we so far have been pretty consistent on putting out a new episode every two weeks. But um, Yeah, they're about. Uh, some stuff happened um, in life in general, and uh, I, I got sick, uh, and some weekend stuff occurred, and we couldn't really put it together. So we're about a week behind on this, so... For our, our loyal listeners, we appreciate you hanging in there with us and appreciate all of the texts and phone calls and stuff saying, where's the next episode, knucklehead? I got to start listening to old ones again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to Click and Clack. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It's time much better spent. So <laughs> anyway, um, on to the trivia question. Did you, have you prepared one today, Mr. Cubo? Well, I certainly have had enough time to prepare one, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, sir, I have, and uh, it's been waiting. So here we go. All right, Kevin, we recently saw the actual Bullet Mustang mm-hmm. sell at uh, Mecham for an astounding $3.4 million, and that's what a lot of people were talking about uh, for quite a, quite a long time after that happened. But what was the... But they're not talking so much about is uh, what the opening bid was for that car. So I ask you, Kevin, 
what was the opening bid for that car and why? That is a great question. And it's, uh, I knew the answer to this. I know you knew it. Yeah. You'd have gotten it. Like if, if we would have recorded right after that, you'd have nailed it. Yes. But m- my head is like a sieve and things uh, <laughs> tend to vacate uh, in and out. Okay. So the story behind it was that the car had only been sold twice from what I understand. Uh, the original purchaser, which was then used in the film, and then it got sold once again uh, before being brought to the auction the other day, which I'll, is clearly not the other day now. But uh, And the story that the uh, seller told was that the opening bid, I think, was going to be 3200 bucks, And and I I think he said that the reason why it was thirty. I might be wrong on my number, but I, but the story was that it originally sold for thirty two hundred, and then it sold the second time for thirty two hundred. So they were going to open the bidding at thirty two hundred again for this time. And and mm. I, I think if it's a two parter, I think I got the story part right, but I might be wrong on the number. Well, we'll find out at the end oh, of the show, yeah, Kev. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will. I had not actually thought about that since the auction because I watched it stream live. It was. Uh, uh-huh. The most uh, serendipitous timing I ever had. I was in my office at the shop, and I've got a screen on the wall, and uh, I had just—I knew that that auction was going to go down on that day, mm-hmm. and I just happened to flip the TV on and, and navigate my little Amazon deal over to uh, you know to the mm-hmm. the internet uh, <clears throat> and dialed up the Meekum auction exactly as the promo video began to play for the. Oh, that's for the fantastic! Bullet. Yeah, except I thought it was like a commercial. I didn't realize oh, that it was the actual geez. thing playing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then all of a sudden, here the guy comes out and all the people are there. And Oh, man. What a crowd around that car. Huge crowd. Oh, yeah. it was amazing. I was uh, watch, sitting at, at, at my desk. Uh, I had YouTube dialed up on my phone. And I'm, I'm watching it go and praying I don't get a phone call. I'm like, please, God, don't <laughs> let the phone ring. I really want to see this. Right. And luckily, I got through the whole thing. Yeah. So it was it was quite a quite a spectacle. Yeah, it sure was. Um, okay, before we get too far off here, uh, I, I have a uh, trivia question for you as well. Uh, oh, yes, you do. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, it's okay. I had some time off there, so I was able to generate one. Um, this is a little more of a historical question for you. Okay. You're a carburetor guy. <laughs> I do like carburetors. Yeah, yeah. Where did the Carter Thermoquad get its name? Ooh. Ooh. So the thermoquad, as you know, was a four-barrel carburetor. Yeah, it, it was kind of the uh, the sequel or the next generation, if you will, to the Carter AFB aluminum four-barrel. Mm-hmm. And I think these things were around from uh, oh, I don't know, sixty-eight or so up through the early eighties. And they got picked up by Mopar, so they were factory issue on Mopar. Am mm-hmm. I giving you enough time to make something up here? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, buddy. <laughs> All I can think of is, ooh. <laughs> um, I used to, I actually used to know this. Um, but like you, my brain is also quite a bit of a sieve. Yeah, yeah, I know. It happens to the smart um, ones. Yeah, right. Uh, so the thermoquad was called a thermoquad because it was designed 
to be used in conjunction with um, an exhaust crossover to give it heat to uh, better atomize the fuel for for a higher efficiency. Wow, that's a that's a heck of an answer. Okay, so designed, yeah, I pulled that one right out of my keister. Yeah, pretty good. Right, designed to be used with an exhaust crossover. And then you said something about heat to rely on heat. Yeah, to to, to induce to give heat uh, to the fuel so it'll atomize more efficiently to, to give a better burn. Atomize more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Give a better burn. Well, you know, it certainly was that time of the uh, that time of the nineteen hundreds where we were starting to get into emissions equipment and lean burn and all that kind of nonsense. A better burn. All right. Wow. That's a great question, too, by the way. That's a great answer. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Okay. The only difference is your question wasn't wrong. My question wasn't, but my answer was, probably. All right. No, my answer was wrong. Your question was right. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. That's what I meant. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, that is duly noted. So, um, what... uh, what did you think about that uh, uh, bullet Mustang reaching three point four million dollars? That was that was outrageous. I mean, I, I knew it was going to go pretty high. I didn't know it was going to go that high. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought it was either going to be like totally ridiculous, you know, uh-huh. like like over five million or something oof. for it, you know. So I was obviously wrong on all my thoughts mm-hmm. again. But still, I mean, it really, I mean, there was, people were there, people were there to buy that car. They wanted that piece of history. Uh, Just like McQueen did. He wanted to buy, the story was Steve McQueen wanted to buy that car back and the family who owned it wouldn't sell. Yep. And we we talked about this before, I think on the last show. Yeah. um, About that. But yeah, that was, that man, that that was something. Prime entertainment right there for sure. Yeah. It really was. It really was. And as far as movie cars go, I mean, that, that obviously is a great one. You know, Bullet, of course, uh, that 10-minute, you know, chase scene. It's longer than that, I think. But the uh, uh, the movie, as we've talked about before, we actually had it at the drive-in cruise a couple of years ago as our feature film. And you really got to set an alarm clock to the point to where the chase starts because the rest mm. of the movie pretty much drags. So <laughs> um, it, it's amazing to me, I, you know, I think, obviously, part of the popularity of the bullet car was that Ford brought back the bullet Mustang design. Right. And I think that was, what, 02, 01? It was a long time after the the movie, obviously, from 67. Right. Uh, The 67 car, anyway. Yeah, I don't remember the year, unfortunately. Yeah. I remember when I was working at Hot Rod, uh, down the hall was uh, our friends at Carcraft Magazine, and... uh, one of the guys uh, was Miles Cook, and and he was a, a car craft editor at the time, maybe transitioning to Mustang and Fords, and um, ended up with a Bullet Mustang and a buying one, and I think Freiberger had one or wanted one at some point oh, yeah? too. Yeah, when they first came out, it was, and at that point it was, it was uh, you know a four six Mustang that was that was the green with uh, right. uh, at that point kind of a modified 
modern version of a torque thrust wheel. I think mm-hmm. it was an you know an American Racing licensed wheel, mm-hmm. low profile tires, and it had the polished fuel door cap you know with the ring oh, on it right. but it was on the side of the car you know unlike the mustang being in the back and the first generation right. uh the first bullet car anyway it was neat but it it wasn't like it was earth shattering it was pretty mm. much an appearance package i think it might have been lower to touch hmm. but it was cool and I, but i guess by constantly kind of sure. having that name around um it, it helped keep that mystique, yeah, keep alive. The mystique alive yes mm-hmm. perfect perfect yeah, I, I I don't remember exactly when that Bullet Mustang came out, but don't they, do they like re-release re, it? I, I think you can buy one now, I think, yeah. I think there's been several generations since then of Mustangs that, that had a bullet. That had a bullet package, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember seeing one recently, I think in, in an ad somewhere or hearing about it, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool, and not realizing it had been that come long. back so many years earlier. Yeah, well, now... You know, the great Kevnak will will predict. Will will there be a Mustang Mach E bullet? Oh, <laughs> and, and will it man. be called the Taser? Jeez! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and thank you very much, folks. Yes, thanks for coming out. There you go. Oh man, that's hysterical. Yeah, the Mach E bullet. <laughs> That would be it. That'd, That'd be, be a, it. To be a real stun gun. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a stunner. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you were uh, mentioned before you had a, a shout out for uh, one of our yeah. loyal listeners. Yeah, get this. Um, at my job, I work with this young lady named Elena. And she walked into the help desk uh, room. She's giving me this weird look. But and you're I, used to that I, from the young ladies. Uh, I am. And I said, whatever it is, I have an alibi. Or I think <laughs> I the statute of limitations has, worn, <laughs> has run out. So she says, she's, she looks at me and says, I know something about you. Oh, boy. I said, oh, man, this could go anywhere. She says, uh, do you have a podcast? Wow. I said, I said, what? She says, I was just talking to my brother. And I said, I have to go. I have to go talk to Mike Clark. And do something, and he says, Mike Clark, I listened to a really cool podcast with a guy named Mike Clark. No way! I'm like, yeah! What is it? (laughs) Yeah, what is it? I want to know. I like really cool podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard any? (laughs) I says, really? He says, yeah, it's like about muscle cars or something? I'm like, yes! Your brother listens to the show! No way. Yeah, so Ishmael Lopez, thank you for being a, a loyal listener. Right on, Ishmael. Welcome to we the party. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah that, man. That's great. And annoying your sister with it as well. Yeah, yeah, please, <laughs> annoy her more. <laughs> ah, that's, so did we learn anything about Ishmael? Does he have a car or just into this stuff? Or we maybe... I, did, I was not able to learn anything about him, unfortunately, but I will. I will learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's into cars, I know that. And he's into, po- he's into cool podcasts. And he, and he listens to ours. Right on. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that was great. I mean, that was completely organic, and it just it just happened. That And that's the neatest way, so that made me feel really cool. That is cool. Well, that's great, man. Uh, I have a follow-up. Um, several months ago, we talked about our friend uh, Johan in Sweden. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, as a, another listener who checked in, well, he had recently... Um, 
actually sent me a, a police shirt from right. Sweden. And I just wanted to make sure that I said thank you for that because uh, um, that was very cool of him. He was going to try to come visit the shop and everything and one was unable to do that just right. because of the schedule uh, and I was out uh-huh. of town and everything. But I wasn't sure that uh, I thanked him properly for that. So I just wanted to make sure we covered that. Speaking right of on. doing some listener shout outs. Dig it. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and another one, our friend Yardley, um, our, yeah. our boy we talked about with the Riviera. He, he's a, uh, a very loyal listener. And he's the one that gave me a hard time saying he was replaying some of our previous one episodes. Uh, Is that an, right? In anticipation. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, he tells me about the uh, the time that he sets aside uh, oftentimes to listen to the show with, uh, uh, you know, some family, as a matter of fact. And uh, and I, I'm happy to, to learn from him that it makes their day a little bit better. So that, that's the whole idea a little bit. So we appreciate cool. that. And everybody yeah. is listening, you know, and, and on the mm-hmm. subject of thanks, I don't know how much crossover there is between our, our YouTube audience on V8 TV and Muscle Car of the Week and this podcast. Uh, we're trying, of course, to expand the coverage as much as we can everywhere. But there are people that mm-hmm. know Muscle Car of the Week and have no clue that V8 TV is a separate thing and V8 Radio is kind of a separate thing and the V8 Speed mm-hmm. and Resto Shop. In fact, the funny thing is, I don't know if we've discussed this before, but when we first launched Muscle Car of the Week, which was going on it's six and a half years ago at this point. Unreal. I know. Um, my strategy was to use the V8 TV YouTube channel to springboard Muscle Car of the Week, uh-huh. even though Muscle Car of the Week had its own YouTube channel as well. Right. So people have just kind of gotten used to it, and we publish them to both just to uh-huh. give you know the coverage that we can. To this day, there are people who will post on VATV, hey, man, why are you copying Muscle Car of the Week? And, Get out of yes, here. Yes, and, and putting it on this channel. <laughs> trying to take their clout, man. That's it. And I got to explain to them, you know, no, it's all the, the same happy family. Uh, oh, that's crazy. But we've gotten some uh, 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 real, real nice positive feedback from some friends in Australia uh, on Muscle Car of the Week recently, which is pretty cool. And yeah. I, I'm hoping that those guys also hear this. Uh, I know that you know we've talked about a few who have, um, mm-hmm. but that's that's cool. It's it's uh, it's nice to know that cool people are listening. The car scene in Australia is, is off the hook too. Oh, it they really have, is. They build some really crazy things. It's they they love their burnouts and like their pro mods in a Falcon. Right, and <laughs> and their burnout is a totally different dimension from ours you know totally we spin oh, yeah. the tires make some smoke they, they build cars oh. just for that purpose yeah that is nuts isn't it it is it's uh it's yeah. pretty cool i mean a good kind of nuts right yeah and they they have their challenges too i mean i don't know if we had um uh a while ago we we helped a customer by um shipping a lincoln to australia that we had done some work oh, yeah. on and kind of through a friend of a friend, this, this gentleman named Matt Kennedy from Australia contacted us and he said, I'm looking for a Lincoln, a sixties, you know, suicide door, four door. And, and, uh, it just so happened that one of our local customers down the street from our shop had one and he was, you know, thinking about getting rid of it. So we connected the two, um, and helped that export process. But Australia has a zero asbestos import law. Oh boy! You cannot import anything asbestos into the country, and and the safest way, believe it or not, to to import that car 
And when I mean safe, I'm talking about legally safe, was right. to completely remove the brakes. Is that right? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? So wow. we shipped the car and, and the brake, it had four-wheel drum brakes. Uh-huh. The Lincoln might have had disc brakes in front, but it definitely had drums in rear. And all the brake shoes and pads were in a box in the trunk and there were physically no brakes on the car. So the transporter had to, you know, you know, hoist the thing in with a winch and not let it get away from him into his truck. And then it had to get pushed into a container without anybody getting away from it. And then it went across the ocean, strapped down, and then it got unloaded. uh, And there was big signs all over it. No brakes, no brakes. I mean, literally no brakes. Right. And what we learned is that that law is so stringent that there's a huge fine if you get caught bringing asbestos into the country. And there's like, sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll have kind of a casual inspection where you can mm-hmm. tell them that there's nothing on it. And then they'll, they might pull a wheel and look at brakes and stuff. Um, or there's like, your car got flagged and it's going to get, they're going to go into the interior and they're going to look underneath the carpet and they're going to test plastic panels and and really run you through the ringer. And, and you have to pay for that inspection. They will send you the bill for it when they're done. Oh, my goodness. So this guy's like, you know what? Just rip the brakes off so that they they go, oh, okay, we got it. There's nothing on this car. Okay. Uh, and, and that's what happened. And he was able to put it back together and, and drove it and is having a great time with it down there. So, so that, you can remove the, the brake shoes and pads, have them in a box in the trunk, and that's okay. Well, I think from, from what I understand, they got shipped separately, um, and that, oh. was some, that was somehow okay. Um, huh. Okay. And it's, it's funny because, you know, as I'm saying, there's a zero import law that that's technically importing the shoes in. So I don't know if he yeah. bought a set there and put them on. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I wonder what their their brake pad and shoe compounds are made of. Yeah. Well, I think there, it still exists there. You just can't bring any more in. Oh, okay. So there was there's hmm. some kind of stuff. This has been a couple of years ago, so I'm not really. Right. My mind's like a sieve, you know. Like so. a sieve. Yes. <laughs> Remember that sieve we mentioned earlier? It's still in the play. Barely. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> oh, yeah? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm, in my defense, you know, like I said, I am I got wickedly sick last Friday, and I don't mm-hmm. even know what the heck happened. But we're in the shop, and at noon, everything was fine. And by 2 o'clock, I'm laying on the floor in Kelly's office. Oh my gosh. Literally tipped over, starting a head spin, not really sure what's going on. And uh, she's Ooh. like, are you all right? And I'm like, I think I got to get out of here. And yeah. before I left the building, I had uh, uh, two bouts of the diarrheas Oof. and I, uh, I drove home and made it home okay and spent the rest of the night increasing that number from two to about 26. <laughs> Dang it. And then I had uh, bouts of the vomituses as well, mm. uh, six or seven of those. And luckily, you know, that was Friday afternoon. By, by Sunday evening, I was feeling okay again, of course. You know, the weekend was completely smoked. Sure. Um, and now we're a couple of days past that, and I, I'm uh, finally getting nutrients back in me to where I can kind of think, but the memory isn't super sharp yet. So that's yeah, my experience. We'll give you a pass this time. Thank this you. time. Yeah, I know. You bet. But hopefully, um, 
with uh, see we're in February already and spring is just around the corner so um I hope you remember to kind of dust off your cars and do it any kind of mods you want to do for springtime to get ready for the, the summer cruise season because you got a you got a couple things to do there on the on your on your Ford as well as your your uh, your Buick. Yeah, yeah, and and we just finished up uh, a project that's a shop too that kind of falls right into this. It's funny in anticipation time seems to crawl but then all of a sudden time flies and like you said uh-huh. we were just past groundhog day already um we just sent home a, a perfect example of or, or we are sending home in a couple of days anyway a perfect example of what i'm going to say is that winter project timing so this is a 67 camaro uh it's a red um ss badged convertible and i didn't go through the uh uh process to verify if it was a, a true ss car but it really looks and feels like one uh-huh. um and our customer sent it to us in the beginning of november middle of november in order to do some upgrades to it over the winter and we ended up doing a holly sniper efi system on it um we did a big inspection on the car everything that comes in we do kind of a visual inspection and then we report back and say hey you know these are some things we found if you want us to, you know, address any of them. And there was a couple of doodad things that we took care of on this car. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up, uh, I think putting a different intake manifold on it and then switched it to a, uh, a Tremec TKO 500 five speed. Ooh. Yeah. From an automatic. Um, oh, wow. and then we happened to have, uh, <clears throat> a multi-leaf. So a, a 1968, um, Camaro 10 bolt rear end at the shop that was uh, a takeoff from a different project a while ago a, a car we put a Ford or a, a Curry 9 inch with a Detroit speed set up in the back so this rear end had been kind of hanging around and, and this customer his name is Dave Dave was the right guy at the right time because um, mm-hmm. we needed to move this thing and uh, basically gave it to him for you know far less than street value knowing that it might need a repair to it or something, but we're, you know, just Mm -hmm. trying to be fair about it. So he ended up buying that and uh, we gave the rear axle housing a tune up and it's got a 373 gear with a true track limited slip in it. And that fuel injection, the five speed and the 373 completely changed that car. I I believe that all day long. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a 1970 vintage 350 in the car. Um, didn't, I mean, it sounded like a, you know, like a stout passenger car engine. It didn't, it didn't have a giant cam in it and, you know, all all kinds of performance parts, but I'll tell you what, it is so snappy now. The throttle's wonderful. It starts beautifully. Uh, and then, you know, to be able to row the gears with the hydraulic clutch, we use that whole modern Mm. driveline setup again. And, uh, we had a couple of, um, I don't want to say hiccups, but little challenges towards the end. <clears throat> Trevor identified uh, driveline vibration uh, that was okay. in third gear at a certain RPM, and it was kind of shaking a little bit. So we tweaked the pinion angles and and mm. messed with the uh, engine angle. The good thing on a Camaro like that, those cars came with turbo 400s in them, so they have a pretty big trans right. tunnel. So we didn't have yeah. to modify the tunnel on that car. Great. Uh, and the reason generally why you do modify the tunnel is to be able to pick the transmission up high enough to get the right driveline angle Okay. so that you don't have shakes and shutters and vibrations. Mm-hmm. 
And in this case, we were kind of pretty close to the edge. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So we employed some some shims in the rear end to pitch the pinion a little bit and, again, tightened up uh-huh. uh, the engine. You know, we went through the process of loosening up the engine, the transmission, and kind of massaging everything centered the way we wanted it and retorked okay. everything and got rid of it. You know, the vibration's gone and the car just Good. drives super, super nice. Man, it's got to make you feel so great when you have everything dialed in just right and makes the car such a joy to drive. Yes. You know? and, and that one in particular, because uh, I, we shared a, a picture of it on Facebook the other day. It's red with the white. Uh-huh. Um, and it's such a great looking car. You know, it deserves to be a happy drive. You know, it's not yeah. just you know, that it looks cool. It, uh, it, it would be, frankly, when it showed up, it ran okay, but it was, you know, a little bit of a disappointment that it had this doggy automatic and, yeah. and I think it had a, a high two series gear in it. So it really didn't go anywhere. Mm. You know, I yeah, only nowhere quick. No, no. And I only yeah. drove the thing around the block to get it into the shop, but you could kind of tell mm. right away. It's like, Oh yeah, I see what this oh, is okay. all about. Now I get it. <laughs> but that, I love those because it was such a dramatic transformation, you know, that when Dave gets this car home in a few days, uh, he's certainly going to know what happened. <laughs> Good, so, man. And his timing's great because uh, it should get home right as the weather's starting to warm up. He's in uh, in the Indianapolis area, so his car will be ready Sweet. to rock for spring and done. And that, uh, we tell people all the time, you know, late fall is a great time to, to start whatever that project is and let it take its course over the winter leave plenty of time for those unforeseen things right and, and then you're not waiting for it in the spring so yeah man that's great advice to kind of get a jump on this because i mean the last thing you want to do is you know holy cow it's summer and my car's not done mm-hmm. kind of like what i've been going through the last five years but now i have a plan i mean i when you said i mean Summer's around the corner. I mean, I, I have four months um, until my, my self-imposed goal is is <laughs> supposed to be met. I have four months till the till the power tour. So uh, I've gotten a little done. Randy and I haven't been able to hook up together as much as we wanted. He's been really super busy with work, and he was off all week on vacation. He was down in Florida, which is great for him, bad for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're trying to get another plan together to, you know, we, we have to get the cam, um, dialed in, uh, get it degreed, um, uh, measure for push rods. Um, just a lot of little things that have to happen, but the, there's no reason why it can't be done that at this point. Well, no that's good. I can't be done. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Those that's are definitely those bold words right there. Well, it's, it's a realistic goal. So, I, I, I'm, I, feel, I feel good about it. I mean, if the parts were all there and, you know, you guys had some time, it's something you could probably have done yeah. by the end of the week, you know. But it's just, Correct. It's just a matter of life and all yeah. the rest of it. Uh-huh. Which I yeah. totally get. But I like knowing that it's doable rather than, you know, the last couple of years, I'd be like, boy, I sure would like to go on the power tour, and then nothing happens. Nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. But things are happening now. Yeah, Which that's outstanding. Um, I can't really say the same on my own <laughs> 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 on my own personal projects. Uh, well, you spent the last week on the can, so yeah, you know, no you doubt. Have an excuse. 
yeah. Well, the galaxy, you know, I, I told you my, my plan for that was to do the five speed swap again with, right. With a, a Tremec and, uh, and Kelly's beaten me up to do it. And the car has been messed up since August with the transmission and, and, you know, part of me is like, you know, if I, if I just had that overdrive automatic rebuild, it'd be done by Friday. But it's like, eh. But it wouldn't be what you want. It wouldn't be what I want. And, you know, so I, I don't need it to turn into a, a giant, giant project. So I guess um, I, I need to uh, shift or get off the pot. <laughs> 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 Man, there's the next T-shirt we just authored for our friends at Modern Driveline. <laughs> ah, gee whiz, that's beautiful. The first one was way more fun. <laughs> way more fun. <laughs> Good lord! You but I, do their marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I talked to Bruce Kucher, the owner over there, the other day, and uh, we, right? we, we kicked it around. They got some really neat stuff coming out. I, I I'm not at liberty to say because it's. Uh, okay a product development thing. Um, but they, their, their overall mission is to make these conversions easier. And, and, uh, there are transmission evolutions happening that most people aren't aware of, you know, cause we, we we talk about the big numbers the the TKO, the T56. Um, but there's other things out there that are viable that, um, are pretty interesting. So hopefully in a few months, uh, we'll be able to make some cool announcements about what they've got going on. Uh, All right. Because it's neat stuff, uh, which is stay tuned, folks. That's right, and it, it's so great to hear that you know companies are doing R and D time and development time uh, to to come up oh, with yeah. better, cooler ways. Um, in fact, we got a phone call from a guy the other day who has a uh, a Celine Mustang, like a '97, and he, um, believe it or not, is restoring this car. Right, really, the 1997 car. Well, it's 23 years old now. You know, it went by fast. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and it needs like the lower front valance got scratched up, and you know, just a a few paint and body work kind of things. Um, But talking with Bruce at Modern, they they won a SEMA award this past year for a hydraulic clutch replacement for that uh, SN95 style Mustang. Because those used to have the cable clutch and a thing mm. called a clutch quadrant, which was this kind of bell crank thing that was supposed to self-adjust. And, and what, what happened right. with those, you'd run that cable clutch, and eventually you'd step on the, on the clutch, and the pedal would start to get closer and closer to the floor. So uh-huh. you'd put your foot behind it, and you're, you know, if you picked up the clutch pedal, it was supposed to, on the adjustable ones, would adjust and take up the slack. And that never worked because the cable stretched. Sure. Well, because that uh, mod motor, like the 4.6 Ford V8, is so wide, they didn't have a whole lot of room to put a hydraulic clutch cylinder in those cars. Mm-hmm. And he came, his team came up with a, a bracket and a, a system to do that. So now you can have a modern-feeling clutch in a car that should have had one, you know, because yeah. that cable clutch design dates back to the 70s when the Fox Mustang first came out, and, and it kind of sucked. So. Um, yeah. Another neat innovation, um, and it was a lot of fun because I've known Bruce for a long, long time, and at the SEMA show in Vegas, I got to present him with the award 
because uh, oh, I was nice. hosting the new products breakfast. So it was neat to have a friend up there to, uh, you know, pass the award to. So that was pretty cool. That is cool, man. Nice. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to. Oh, man. That makes me feel good. <laughs> I, like, I like hearing stuff like that. Yeah, it was cool. And and uh, he, he didn't tell like a lot of his uh, his team. He just told them, we're going to this breakfast tomorrow. And, and what was really neat is his dad was with him. Oh, even better. And he didn't know either. And Oh, sweet. They're like, we got to get up early on, on Tuesday morning and go to this breakfast, the new products breakfast. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going. Yeah, Dad, <laughs> you got to go there. And look what happened. So that How was, about that? Yeah, really cool. Nice, man. Yeah. Very cool. So for me, the, 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 again, the fun part is being able to work with friends like that and, and build cars and you know people in the industry that are not just – a voice on the other end of the phone that you're buying parts from, you know. Right. So he's, you know, ready to be, uh, you know, tech support for the the Galaxy project when we get there. They make a hydraulic clutch and they make the trans, you know, the conversion kit for that thing. And mm-hmm. you know, kind of to your phrase, there's really nothing holding me back at this point except uh, just getting it done. Except, except you, babe. Just doing. The only it. thing holding you back is you. Mm-hmm. Now that Galaxy, that's got a three fifty one. Yes, that right, right. And it, but with a forty FI on it, correct? Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's not the original motor. That that was a right. three ninety S code, I think, uh-huh. uh, or a Q code three thirty horse with a four barrel, and that went south many moons ago, and uh, uh-huh. we replaced it with the Windsor. Oh, cool! And the Ford. It's a Ford design EFI, but it's all aftermarket parts. So it's an Edelbrock upper and oh. lower and, and uh, Ford racing cylinder heads and a Pro-M mass air meter. Um, and But it runs a Ford ECM on a modified okay. harness. But it's an wow. Eek, Eek 4 ECM, which was the EEC electronic... Engine control? I think it was electronic engine control, Eek uh-huh. 4, which was done by 96, I think, 95. Oh, is that right? It's old. Yeah, it's like an 8-bit MS-DOS, <laughs> you know. it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do much but run the car. And Is it uh, sequential fuel injection or is it like a batch fire? It is sequential. Is it? Cool. It was pretty advanced for what it was, mm-hmm. you know, and... and you can draw your timing curve and stuff. Well, I have a piece of software that piggybacks the the original ECM, so I can tune it with a laptop. That was a big thing. Oh, nice. And you basically install the flash RAM on the on the ECM, and then you write mm-hmm. to the the pram, and then, yeah, and then it runs that way. And that was you know hacker technology. I mean, the car was like sure. cutting edge when we not quite cutting edge. It was it was still kind of on the edge when we did the conversion uh-huh. in in ninety nine. All right. So that thing's been fuel injected for 20 years. She whiz. Yeah, man. And now you look at it under the hood and it's like it's like a period retro 20 year ago thing. Yeah, it's cool though. I I like it. It is it's pretty cool and again it was it was a pretty good way to to achieve what we were trying to achieve because there was no there was nothing at that point, you know. There was the I mm-hmm. think the Holly Commander 950 maybe. Or the projection, remember the Holly projection? I do remember the Holly projection, yeah. And I think there was a Felpro EFI at that point, and there was like a Motec for like racers, 
but there wasn't many options. And the trick was to adapt a factory thing because of the reliability, but then he couldn't talk to it. So Okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember back in the days um, when I had my, my Volkswagen, my, my, uh, my Corrado, if you wanted to tune it, you would have to crack the ECM open, pull the chip out, send it to the tuner. He tunes it, sends it back to you. You put it in. Right. And you were, and you were damn happy you could do that. Well, you were. And, and at the time, we were unaware of what guesswork that really was. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you really need it in real time. You really need to see the fuel curve. Right. With the car running, you need to see the timing maps. You need to see everything. So yeah, and 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 back in the day, you had companies like like Jet, Jet Chips, and mm-hmm. HyperTech, and you know, there's a few of them out there that were doing them for cars. And you could buy, mm-hmm. you know, for your Monte Carlo SS or your Mustang, you could buy the chip. You could chip it. You right. know, you're gonna chip yep. that thing, man. I'm gonna chip it. <laughs> and and you, you get the chip, and nobody really knew what the heck it did. You just yeah. knew it was. 254 bucks and you know you yeah right and you tore that sticker on the ecm that said warranty mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> as void whoops yeah and they were kind of doing a mathematical tune-up on the air fuel ratio maybe based on some data log numbers on modified cars right and the better ones would be like hey what kind of air intake do you have what kind of exhaust and we'll just kind of mm-hmm. make it match um and that you still do that on certain cars like some of the lt1 the first, not I guess the second gen LT ones, like the '95 mm-hmm. Impala SSs and things like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. We've had those in the shop. In fact, Trevor had his police car for a while. Shamu, I don't know if you remember that one. No, I don't remember Shamu. Yeah, Trevor had a a, a police car Impala Caprice, I guess. Yeah. And and uh, he built an LT one for that, yeah. and, and it was the OptiSpark distributor reverse flow cooling yeah. LT one. With the home bay or the home plate air cleaner on it, the big triangular air cleaner. Oh right, that? yeah, yeah. Looked like home oh, base. That's awesome. And Trevor, uh, Trevor's got good taste. Yeah, and it was it was it had kind of a black tribal flame fade on it, so it oh, wasn't it wasn't a full I take black. Take that back. <laughs> it was a full black and white police car, but he extended the front black into the doors with this kind of tribal flame thing. And when he built the motor, he changed a few things on it and had to ship the ECM to our buddy Dan Bills at Finish Line Performance to right. fla- flash the ECM and send it back. So and that wasn't that long ago. That was six, seven years ago, maybe. Really? Yeah. Huh. Why did I not know this? Yeah. Oh, man, you got to brush up on your uh, VH Speed and Resto Shop crew trivia. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Trevor, we need pictures. Yeah, oh, Please they're out there. Me. They're out there. I'll pull them off his Facebook page and share them with you. Oh, right on. Uh, so, but that really contrasts to, you know, how lucky we are today with how much stuff there is. And, and oh, man. you know, like the Holly systems and, and the fast EFIs and the Fitex and Edelbrock mm-hmm. and, and, you know, all these companies that are doing these fuel injection systems. That's what I wanted originally. I didn't want to have that 92 Mustang looking air intake uh-huh. system on the 62 ford i wanted it to hide underneath an air, a stock looking air filter oh right you know okay. with a four barrel intake on it so that it, you couldn't uh-huh. really tell what was going on and now that option of course exists uh-huh. which is part of the reason why i haven't jumped into this transmission swap because if i'm going to yank this thing apart i'm going to change all that too oh 
And if all I change right. all that, now we're getting into a bigger project. And we've talked about my psychosis with this, you know, yeah. before. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we know we know how you're psych, psych psycho. Yeah, I'm not. I know it's. I'm, I'm down with that. I get it. Uh, it's okay. It's all good. But at least I've learned, you know, to have one alive at a time. I'm lucky enough to have mm-hmm. two enthusiast cars, so I can keep mm-hmm. the Buick alive while while I mess with the Galaxy. And yeah, well, you had to have that transmission rebuilt on the Buick as well at one point. Yeah, right. Well, it's you got a pretty fresh Turbo 400 in it. Yep. Um, and I had talked about taking that overdrive from the Galaxy and adapting it to the Buick. Right. And I started the research on that project. I haven't gotten much further than that. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be like a big kidney transplant, you know, where <laughs> 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 parts are falling off one onto the other one. and Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, that'll be great. Uh, I, I really hope you get that all figured out soon. I'd like to see both of those come back alive again. Well, the Buick I drove over the weekend, so it, it's it's happy. Um, right on. It's doing well. The Demon Carburetor I threw on there. I in oh, right in three years I adjusted the idle screws after a year and a half, uh-huh. and that's and then I I adjusted the rate at which the secondaries open. There's a little spring on there with a screw. Uh-huh. That's it, man. I mean, I didn't set time and really? do anything. The thing runs wonderfully. So very impressed with that carburetor. All right. That that uh, that carburetor have an electric choke. It does. Yeah. Does it? So, hmm. my biggest gripe with that car is, um, I was occasionally delinquent with keeping it plugged into the uh, battery tender over mm-hmm. the the cold months, and if it sat for like three weeks, the battery would go dead. Really? Yeah. And there's nothing to have a draw in this car. I mean, right. the, the radio got seven circuits, maybe. Well, it's got it's, it's got a custom auto sound, you know, in dash stereo with a clock mm-hmm. function inside. But the clock isn't on all the time. There's no display or anything. So there's really nothing. I put a meter on it. It's right. not drawn a load anywhere. Mm-hmm. I just think some of today's it has a a crappy parts store battery in it. And oh, okay. I, you know the drill especially well. You buy some of those parts because they're warranted. And you know they're going to fail. And a battery is an easy one. So I think I'm on the fourth replacement one already. Oh, my gosh. In maybe four years. It's like a bit an annual thing, you know. And wow. they're about to stop honoring my warranty on those. Oh. Um, when I keep the battery tender deal on there, it's perfect. Mm. It's, it starts off and sure. there's obviously no problem. Um, and it's not like I drive somewhere and shut it off and it won't restart. It's just right. sitting. It doesn't like sitting. Just slowly. I need huh. to step up and get an Odyssey battery for that one and never have this problem again. Amen. Um, there so you go. There is an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do yeah. it. Do it. Other than that, though, that oh. car's fine. Yeah. So what else is going on in the shop these days? Uh, all kinds of stuff, man. We we uh, had chatted before about uh, some of those videos we put out. Um, so we got a bunch of trans ams because people are watching those videos and contacting right. us, you know, do my car, do my car. Uh, so great voiceover on some of those videos. Oh yeah. Wonderful. Phenomenal. Voiceover. Well, that was the clincher right there. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. That kept me coming back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that's really cool. Um, we had an interesting one show up. We got a 66 Ford Fairlane that just arrived 289 car from Arizona. Mm. And, uh, it's a great story. The guy calls up. His name is Ray, and he says, uh, 
hey, I'm selling my house. My car will be there uh, like on Friday and uh, we'll go. And it's like, wow, okay. And we hang up the phone and it's like, who's this guy? I mean, none of us had a recollection of ever speaking with him before. And really? oh, it boy. turned out that there was an email correspondence, but it got kind of lost in the shuffle. And we didn't. Oh, yeah. We try to be very diligent about having customer files so we know who we're talking to in their car. And mm-hmm. you know, we try to learn as much as we can about our customers because most of them become friends of ours and everything else. But, yeah. but our boy Ray was just drawing a blank. So his oh, car boy. shows up. Here it is. And it's, it's a neat car. It's, it's not rusty. It's blue. Um, we did an episode of Muscle Car of the Week with a 427 Fairlane that was light blue. And we did a special episode on measuring paint thickness. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Where we showed the gauge and all that stuff. Yeah. If you remember that car, this looks just like that one, except it's a 289 and the outside has been painted darker blue, but the jams and everything are that color, are the light blue. Oh, okay. So that was the original color. Right um, on. And uh, one of the things we do, you know, again, we bring a car in is we do a visual inspection on it and uh, the light bulb finally came on. It's like, oh, right. I remember this project. Now we're going to do some suspension work. We're going to do a little under hood stuff and okay. and whatnot. So when cars come in with, with parts, we make a spreadsheet inventory list and we photograph all the parts and put them in the photo gallery for that car so that everybody knows what it came with. And mm-hmm. there's no confusion down the line, you know. I told you this car came with headers and we say we don't have the headers or, you know, that kind of uh-huh. stuff. We avoid all that by doing our, our right. inventory process. So uh, Joe, our uh, our sales associate who we, we've hired recently, has been the main point of contact with, uh, with Ray. And uh, Joe calls Ray and says, hey, Ray, I got good news. We got your photo gallery up. Um, you know, take a look. You can see the pictures and everything. And and Ray calls back a couple of days later and he's like, uh, where's the intake? Uh, <gasps> it's on the car. No, I've got like a, uh, like a $5,000 intake with, uh, with, you know, four, two barrels and, oh my you, gosh, you know, it's a stack injection kind of thing. And, uh, <sighs> and I didn't see it in the pictures and it was in a big box on the passenger seat. And, uh, where is it? And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so I'm man. looking through the pictures. I don't see it, right? So I text Joe, and it's like way after hours on the weekend. And I said, uh, uh, Ray called, and he's kind of curious about an intake. And, and Joe's like, oh, my gosh. And it turns out we had it the whole time. The pictures oh, didn't good. Get. And we, whew, Joe emailed him, you know, Saturday night the minute he had heard this and put him at ease, no, we got it. And Monday I'll get you the picture and everything's fine. Uh And it it was all good. But, uh, man, that'll dial up the pucker factor to off the charts. Uh Holy cow. Ooh, man. Yeah. Great way to start the relationship. Yeah. You (laughs) lost our most expensive part, (laughs) (laughs) but no, we have a system and the system generally worked, you know, almost perfectly except for one picture Mm -hmm. didn't kind of get in there. So, Mm. Yeah, but that's gonna be a neat car. Doing some uh, suspension upgrades, Caltrack bars on the on the leaf spring suspension in the rear. Those oh, cars nice. respond really well to those. And then uh, eventually we do some motor work with that induction, and and who mm-hmm. knows. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, just a lot of cars. That that uh, fifty seven Thunderbird uh, chassis swap Coyote project yeah. is um, it's getting pretty close to firing i believe uh just they're working on the trans tunnel 
right now we're, you know, we're talking about trans tunnel mods that's running the Ford six speed automatic. And that's a huge transmission and in a 57 T yeah. bird, it it's in the car with you. So, uh, we had to, <laughs> yeah. we had to make a big trans tunnel for that. And Jay and our fabrication team have been doing that and also building a new trunk floor, uh, because the fuel system, the tank needed to sit higher in the chassis and, and we're making a trunk floor to house all that. And, but that's going to be a really neat car. Um, a 79 Firebird Formula came in for some EFI swap and interior yeah, upgrades. The red one. Yeah, sharp yeah. looking car. Real super, yeah, super clean. Um, nice. 463 Pontiac with a gear vendor overdrive on the 400 Ooh. already installed. So um, that one came to us from Ohio and he drives it and has had it, I think, since new. Uh, Get out of here. Or pretty close. Yeah. So that that's really cool. Um, so that one's been converted to fuel injection now and we're doing a few things. Uh, we got a 73 firebird that came in that we finally kind of landed on the plan. And this was one of those situations where customer wanted to do a pretty big project and, uh, bought a house at the same time and, and uncovered some extra stuff that the house needed. So Uh. the car project gets kick down a couple of notches but it'll still be pretty cool doing some global west suspension on that and a c6 spindle up front and bigger brakes and gears and wheels and tires we're gonna put uh 17 inch year one rally twos on that one okay cool right on wheels that you know and dig yes i do yes i do know and dig them yeah um, yeah, those are all right. I like those year ones those they have the uh they have the honeycombs they have those rally twos which yep. are pretty neat just need to get some nice, sweet uh, rally ones out of them. Yeah, I'll ask. I'll see if they're uh, if they yeah. got plans because I know they do the Mopar rallies as well, and mm-hmm. and they do a bunch of different wheels that are upsized. They, they do the Chevy stamped steel rallies too in a billet. I machine. believe you're right. Yeah, yeah, or mm-hmm. cast machined anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's cool. I'm just kind of mentalizing, you know, what the shop looks like right now. Um, so you remember, of course, our friend Mo with his gold GTO. Well, Mo that, Zerlini. That, I, I, I just listened to his interview the other day I did with him at the uh, at the driving cruise. Yeah. Gosh, that guy makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he makes me laugh. He's a funny guy. <laughs> he is. Uh, he called me the other day, uh, well, you know, I don't know, a month ago. He was on his way down to Barrett-Jackson. They, they drove, uh, not that car, but they, him and his uh, wife, Karen, drove across country to uh, to go to Barrett Jackson and Scottsdale. Mm. And he called me from New Mexico somewhere and he's like, Hey Kev, are you going to be here? And I, I, <laughs> I didn't have plans to go to the auction, but it was, it was good to talk to him. Uh, but anyway, nice. his car's twin brother basically showed up a 7455 gold yeah, man. GTO, um, long lost twin. And, uh, we have a customer, his name is Andy, a very nice guy. And, and he had a 66 GTO, a blue one. Mm. Uh, four speed, three eighty nine, three deuce car, mm. um, and it was, in theory, it was a pretty nice car. Um, mm-hmm. It after he bought it, he learned that it had a history where it had gotten stolen, and there was a possible different frame under it, and some oh, numbers issues, and and uh, um, he actually, the guy who bought it from bought it back. Um, oh really? Yeah. So he he kind of closed that chapter of his life and uh, and came home with this seventy GTO. So he sent that over, and we're doing some uh, 
maintenance on that one first and then probably another fuel injection swap on that one too because everybody sure loves them. Is. But that there's a good Pontiac trivia question there because that car has a 12-bolt in it from the factory. Wait, what does? The, the GTO? 70 GTO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it, it turns out that it's a late 70 GTO factory 12-bolt that is a Chevy 12-bolt, but not assembled by GM. It was assembled by a third-party Canadian outfit that we think GM owned, but not at the Pontiac plant. And uh, certain gear ratios uh, weren't available, I guess, in the 10 or whatnot, but it's got... Um, it's got a 331 in, in it, I believe, which was a very common 12-bolt really? gear. And you look at the numbers on the axle tubes, and they correlate to uh, a book that tells this story. And hmm. that's what it came with. So how about that? I was not aware of that. Yeah, yeah. That's another hmm. Trevor research project. Because as we have a, an internal communication tool, uh, again, that we use to track information about our customers. and uh-huh. And... Trevor, one of the maintenance items on that GTO is that the axles um, were pitted and we needed to either replace them or put an axle saver bearing of some sort in there to uh, uh. you know, keep that from leaking in the future and tearing up seals. And uh, there, a note came across in the customer file about it being a 12-bolt. Huh. Well, actually, before the 12-bolt, I, I asked if they were bolt-in or... C-clip axles, because mm-hmm. uh, I know those BOP rear ends are bolt-in axles. They don't have C-clips in them, which means you got to, it's just a different part number, obviously, to fix the axle. And right. Trevor's like, well, no, I'll just look up the Chevelle axle instead. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work because the BOP axle is different from the Chevelle. Right. And he countered with, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I can see it now. Well, actually, Kevin, it's yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was cool. It's good to learn Good to learn that. So so that's a, another right project. On, so there, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, that and probably another 26 cars. So. Yeah. Never a shortage of good times at the V8 Speed and Resto Shop. Yep. Very, very fortunate. Lots nice, of fun man. stuff. Very cool. Yeah, and if get things, back down for a visit. If things go miss- well, we're in talks right now with uh, three of them, a 55, a 56, and a 57 Chevy, all different huh. customers, all different projects. The 55, the guy wants a full custom interior. It's a convertible. The 56 is going to be a, a, an exterior respray after he, the owner already did a lot of the work. And the mm-hmm. 57 is going to be uh, a full build on a Nomad. So. We're all oh, just wow. hoping all three of those kind of hit at the same time because yeah. that, that'd be a lot that, of fun. That's a photo op you can't pass up. Totally, totally. Yeah. Speaking of photo ops, uh, you, you were talking about, I, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, about when you got your new truck and you got that picture of it with the 54 with the blue flash Yeah, yeah. in your driveway. I thought that was a great picture. Yeah, that was cool. And uh yeah, I think we did touch on that, but it's funny how yeah. long ago that was. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Whoopsie! So again, yeah. sorry, everybody. Uh, that's right. You know, they yeah, they may man. have forgotten all this stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a podcast. What? Right. Those guys again. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lord. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot going on. And uh, uh, hopefully for the next uh, episode, we'll have some cool, some more cool updates on, uh, on fun stuff from the shop. But uh, some others are going home. Like I said, that 67 Camaro is going home. Um, we've got a 69 Camaro that's going home. That 47 Dodge uh, Jeep conversion went home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of stuff moving out at the same time. So, uh, uh, we've got, uh, we've got space for more, uh, and we're always happy to talk to people. You know, if you're listening and you, you got a car idea project or something, let us know. Uh-huh. Uh, we're happy to uh, chat about it and maybe help you out. Dig it. Yeah. 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 So at that point I, I can see the, uh, you know, our listeners have all turned blue holding their breath, waiting for our trivia <laughs> question answers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you're right. All right, let's uh, let's let the cat out of the bag here. All right, Kevin, I asked you about the Bullet Mustang that went to auction that sold for $3.4 million at the Mecham auction. And what I asked you was, what was the opening bid uh, for that car and why? And you said it was $3,200. And the reason for that is the two previous times it sold, it sold for that amount. So they wanted to open the open up the bids with that dollar amount for the third time, and you got the story part correct. It was a thirty six. But the opening bid was not correct. It was uh, thirty five hundred. Thirty five. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was close. It was close. I was close. So close. Horseshoes Unlike me and hand grenades. We, yeah. All right, well, <clears throat> yeah, my question to you was, where did the Carter Thermoquad carburetor get its name? Mm-hmm. And you replied with, it was designed to be used with an exhaust crossover to give heat to the fuel to atomize more efficiently to give a better burn, mm. if I transcribe that properly. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And that is uh, wrong. Categorically uh, <laughs> false. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, well, it was... The opposite. So it was named the Thermoquad because the Thermoquad had a phenolic plastic main body Ah. that was designed to keep the fuel cooler than a metal body. It all comes back. Yes. Their their estimates were that the phenolic main body kept the fuel bowls 20 degrees cooler than a metal alloy carburetor body. And that helped with... uh, starting and evaporation and you know detonation mm. and that kind of stuff so yes they were trying to lean these things out and get them to run you know get that mixture hot to a degree but mm-hmm. this is when fuel really started to change and unleaded gas okay. and all that stuff so they did everything they could all right uh, which also makes them nice and light um they're good carburetors you know mm-hmm. you, you set them up right they, they rock and roll so dig it man dig it you were mm. warm when you needed to be cool They were warm. I said you were warm. Oh, when I needed to be cool, yeah. Yeah, and that's why they call them thermo quad to keep the temperature. Yes, keep the temperature out of the carburetor. So (laughs) thermo. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a good one. Uh, That's right. I'm glad we finally got back to where I'm getting questions wrong again. That's good. Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) me too. So you know, we both lose again. But, uh, all right, well, you know, we, uh, again, apologize for the delayed uh, show. Hopefully it was worth the wait. Um, next one's going to be dynamite, man. Oh, Huge. Oh, it's, You'll it's see. Gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be over the top. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. 
And it won't be another three weeks. We'll get it out. Yes, sir. Yeah. And if you're binge watching this or listening to this on uh, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or the TuneIn Radio app or Google Play or Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Podchaser, VARadio.com or the Facebook page, um, maybe no time had passed between those episodes. I forgot what I was even going to say. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But we well, actually, it. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today. And he's been he's been trying to catch up, and he's still three episodes behind. So this will be like nothing ever happened for him, right? Yeah. So you know what, what what's you know, three episodes behind, man? Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's my my buddy Greg. He's just trying to he's trying to get caught up, trying to work on his own projects. He's got a big uh, a big a blown big block truck that he's getting back nice. on the road. Nice. So. Um, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be dope. We were talking about rear end ratios and what he should run, and uh, mm-hmm. so that will be cool. Yeah, I always like to know yeah. that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that that listen to this as they are tinkering with their own car, and hopefully, it pulls a little bit of the frustration out. Mm-hmm. We don't even need to get into your recent daily driver repair, oh. repair story nightmares, but uh, well, that actually that turned into a a, a social media uh, victory, is what that did. Well, this is I true. needed stuff. I really needed stuff. I need. Well, first of all, I need. I didn't have a goddamn Torx uh, socket that I needed. And my wife says, "Why don't you just put a Facebook message out to the like the neighborhood Facebook page and see if somebody can you know lo- lend it to you?" I, I says, "Woman, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna have that." She mm-hmm. says. Just do it. So, of course, I did it. 30 seconds later, some guy fires back. Yeah, I got one you can borrow. Nice. Like, you got to be crazy. And I told him what I needed it for. He says, yeah, I need a, I need it for the, to remove the banjo bolt off the top of the turbo housing. He says, you're working on a 1.4 liter, aren't you? I was like, yes. How did you know? He's like, I had the same car. <laughs> Because I'm peeking cow. at you through the garage window, yeah, neighbor. Yeah, yeah really, because I'm really <laughs> eyeballing you. So I actually ended up getting it from a neighbor down the street, two doors down from me, who had one as well. Um, but in the course of, of getting into this thing, I tore this oil return tube that I was going to have to order. And I was kind of bummed out about it because it was going to take the car down for a few more days. And my wife, in her never-ending wisdom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. says why don't you message the guy who knew what you were doing to see if he happens to have the parts you need and you're thinking there's no no way a guy's gonna have a downpipe from a there's no way anyone's gonna have this oil return tube yeah not gonna happen she's like just ask him i'm like (laughs) fine (laughs) so i messaged learn the first time no i didn't i messaged this guy i was like hey man do you happen to have an oil return tube for for this chevy cruise he says yep like, what? How do you have that? He's like, I got a bunch of parts for that car. What is he, like, like the local Chevy Cruze club owner? You know, he is leader? now. He's my yeah. he's my new best friend. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Nice, yeah. <laughs> so I got that and a couple other things that I needed. I broke this uh, vacuum uh, switch, and he had that. And uh, some uh, containers for the, for the manifold. Yeah, it was great. I'm like, this got me back on the road, like, instantly. Yeah. So thank you, Rob. That was great. Yeah, well, that's really cool that you know you thought to throw that out there on the yeah. Facebook group. I think you know part of me says in my little neighborhood, 
the guys who might have that stuff probably aren't in the Facebook group. Uh, um, but it's a good reason to get them into it because we, yeah, we've man. got one, a little neighborhood thing too, but mostly it's like, Hey, did you see the deer over there or <laughs> whose cat <laughs> right. is this in my kitchen? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, we get plenty of that as well. Like the, you know, whose dog is this? This dog got out and yeah. your dog is in my yard. Please get him that kind of stuff. And that, and that works fine for that. But this was, this was a perfect use of social media. Yeah, I'm always afraid it's going to be who is the knucklehead on the corner with all the junk cars in his driveway, <laughs> 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 playing the music real loud in his garage at all hours. You know, you're that guy. Oh, yeah. you. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes, I am. Yeah, but that yeah. worked out so nicely in my favor. I was, I could not have been happier with the outcome of that so yeah it was terrific too cool yeah, right on real well, good stuff. glad we found the uh you know found the usage for social media outside of spreading aggravation love it yeah man yeah, <laughs> there's totally. hope for it yet yeah, this whole right social on. media thing just might work <laughs> there you go well <laughs> mike the prophet speaks <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> all right well on that note uh i think we'll wrap this one up but this was uh it was great catching up it's been a while but uh, like i said yes, we'll sir. uh we'll do it sooner next time and uh we'll go from there and i listed off all the places you can hear us if you know of any others let us know because things are the show's popping up on different places and it's kind of fun to track where they're all at uh but feel free to subscribe you can always contact us too through the facebook page or at varadio.com and uh, that's about all i got man that's all i got too man good times Yeah, absolutely. Well, for V8 Radio, this is uh, Mike Hubal-Clark. I'm Kevin Oste, reminding you to uh, keep the shiny side under 100. 